Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with fellow freelance models. Today, I have Shantia on the other line. Say hello. Hello. I'm so excited to have you. And I wanted to note immediately right off the bat that it's your photo that I'm using for the thumbnail logo for the podcast. Yes, I'm very honored. <laughs> Thank you. No, you're an amazing photographer and you're just amazing all around. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I have so much stuff that I want to talk about, but I'd like to hear from, from your mouth if you could describe in brief summary a description of how you got into modeling and how your career has progressed and then where you're at now. Sure. Yeah, I am. Um... I started in 2009, so quite a quite a few years ago. I was actually still in high school, but I was mostly in like a technical college for chefing. So I was just like waiting to graduate with my friends. And so I had all this extra time and that's when America's Next Top Model was like super big. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll try. So I think I actually used Craigslist my first time to try to find a photographer, which is not great. But I did fall in love with it. I didn't I didn't wear any makeup to start and my eyelashes are blonde. So like it was I still have those photos and they're fun to look back on. But I really my whole thing once I fell in love with it was I just wanted art to hang in my house that I had a special part of being in because my my creative talent is in food and we can't hang that on the wall. So my whole I did not plan on this being like a career for me when I started, but I fell in love. I continued to do it. I traveled extensively. I never did the like driving tours that you and other models do. I always <laughs> did the like cute little five day trips where I flew in, I modeled and I flew back and then spent a couple of days at home. But I wanted to become the best model I could. So that's the whole reason I learned photography. I never planned on becoming a photographer. I just wanted to be a better model. But Ended up falling in love with that too. And then I've been doing photography and modeling since I think 2013, extensively photography since 2015. But now I live in Salt Lake City full time and I try to do as much photography and modeling as I can here still. I do have like a revenue management job for a couple of resorts that I do for steady income that way I'm able to do with the photography and modeling jobs that I really want to do but yeah that's in a cute little nutshell that's my modeling and photography career sweet yeah and, and there's not as many people that doing it in Salt Lake City is that so that is so yeah it's it's pretty difficult out here to find the kinds of models and photographers that I would want to work with but I did just invest in the Frontier Winter Fall like unlimited flight package. So I'm hoping to do more traveling this winter while it's awful and snowy here and see a bunch of my friends and do a lot of shoots. Cool. Sweet. That sounds awesome. It should be. <laughs> cool. And so as far as like crossing from modeling into photography can you tell me what it was like you know for you how it affected your modeling once you got more into photography absolutely yeah it was actually quite surprising i thought initially learning photography would make me more of an asset for shoots it actually ended up being the opposite as far as like the money producing shoots uh, typically with traveling models we all know like the GWCs are the ones who pay the most typically they're like the bread and butter while you're traveling and unfortunately there's a large percentage of those people who don't want a model who knows that they don't know what they're doing and they, <laughs> they just don't want to learn they're, they're there to you know pay you to hang out and that just unfortunately had almost the opposite effect for like my money making part of my career yeah but Ultimately, I mean, I would never would take that back. I love the photography that I do and the people that I've met because of it. And I work with better people because I know photography. And those are the people that aren't afraid that I know photography. Are there some photographers that like might have been of the GWC range, but that actually did ask you for photography advice during a photo shoot? Absolutely. Yeah, they're just few and far between. 
and I probably was a little naive going into it thinking that like I could get paid extra because I could also teach them photography, you know, but for a majority of them and those have come across, I have, I would say probably maybe like five to 10 in the hundreds that I've worked with that have actually wanted to learn photography. Yeah. And for me, even before starting to like shoot a little bit more, it's, it's, if you've modeled enough, you kind of know how the light comes across you and like if their camera angle is like a wide angle versus like a telephoto, like what you are going to look like based on where they're standing and how they're pointing it at you. Yeah. So like, I think that some photographers like creative direction and suggestions, but a lot of them that are paying do seem to get offended by suggestions. Yeah, it's it's a tough line to like not toe across, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that would ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit for them. I'm happy it it kind of, you know, weeded out the people I didn't essentially want to work with at that point in my career anyway. So it all worked out. That's good. That's good. Yeah, totally. I think that when I started, I had like a super high tolerance for like all all types of behavior. And then I think you never think that you're going to like change as you get older, but then everybody changes. As they get older. <laughs> yeah. And my my tolerance for different types of behavior also changed. So I, I'm assuming that the that aspect of you becoming really good at photography and then you becoming older together kind of made that unanimous decision that, you know, we're only going to work with certain people. Yeah, it was the perfect storm of like maturing into a, you know, more established person in the industry. So then with modeling now, you said you've got some really cool gigs in Salt Lake City that like keep you going. And then as, as far as anything else modeling related, like what else are you getting into or like are things that are on your horizon modeling wise? Currently, I'm trying to put together like a photo book of past photos, like my favorite photos. So I'll have like a coffee table book. Other people can purchase it, but really it's for me. (laughs) And then I'm hoping to do more pinups, which you have been a part of in my sets, because I would really, I would love to be able to have a studio space here to be able to do that. But I really love doing the style of pinups that I do, which kind of toe the line like erotic pinups I guess but overly sexy not like super cute but have some of that cute pinup because I want a whole set of that I would like to be able to do like a hundred page book of different pinups within the next you know five years sweet so that's on my to-do list and then I'd also love to be able to do small little tours while I'm here in Utah because the landscape is gorgeous here regardless of the lack of people in our industry i would love to be able to take people around and show them how amazing it is yeah i agree i've been there quite a lot recently too and then yeah it's my favorite place Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's endless amounts of beautiful things to shoot you just need the people (laughs) yes yeah it's just a lot of driving and you know some airplanes to hop across Mm -hmm. but totally worth it if you like beautiful landscapes yeah sweet so when it comes to i'm gonna double back a little bit to segue when it comes to photographers that have like personalities or like photo shoots that might be eh, i have this bit of my podcast that i like to call the photo shoot fail of the week can you describe a photo shoot that was crazy either because the situation surrounding the shoot itself was crazy or perhaps the photographer was crazy like what's one of your crazy photo shoot stories i have a few (laughs) you can tell more than one if you want (laughs) i mean the like scariest one that turned out okay and honestly like i did i when i was doing this all the time i mean i reference i check references on everybody and I used to do the Arizona shootout when it was still a thing. And mm-hmm. there was a photographer there and I did the Arizona shootout because I was local. And he was like, I'm going to Dubai like next week. Do you want to come with? I was like, let me double check with <laughs> some people first. Because like, what a cool, and I had worked with him before at the Arizona shootout, but never 
privately or in a different country. Yeah. So I checked some references and the consensus was that he was annoying, but harmless, you know, which I was like, that's fine. I can deal with that. So the whole deal was that I would get the trip to Dubai and everything paid for and then model for him during that. So it wasn't paid on top of that. Mm hmm which was like, that's fine. I like, I took this as like an opportunity to really go abroad and experience another country like that, which I hadn't been able to do. It, it's a long flight and yeah. I'm totally afraid. Like if you've ever flown with me, like I do not want to pee in the airport or the airplane bathroom. I think I will get sucked <laughs> down. I know I won't like rationally, <laughs> but it's like a 14 hour flight or whatever. And so got to get over that fear and then when we got there obviously my phone doesn't work in Dubai so I wanted to get like a pay-by-minute phone Um, Mm -hmm. and he kept saying like okay but then as like days passed he was like yeah we're not going to do that and I was like oh well I'm not okay with that because I could only contact people when we were at the hotel and through wi-fi and so I had to like check in with like my mom and my boyfriend at the time be like I'm still alive I'll talk (laughs) to you in a couple hours (laughs) Which was the first sketch and I was not really cool with. But at that point, I'm in Dubai. What am I going to do, right? And then he only got one hotel room, double beds, though. Mm. So we were sleeping in that same hotel room. And he had a special shirt with a racquetball sewn in so that if he went and laid on his back he and snored, he would roll over. (laughs) It's like, well, at least he's considerate, right? Wait, he had a shirt with a, a racket on the back? A racket ball, like sewn into a pocket on the back of it so that it would be like oh. uncomfortable if he turned over and slept on his back. That's funny. I've never heard of that before, but I guess that's a good idea. Yeah, I came prepared. But I also, I don't want to see photographers in their nighties and <laughs> sleeping shorts, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it just got weirder from there. He, at one point, said that he wanted me to be at the hotel room waiting naked for him in heels and red lipstick because another model at one point had done that and I was like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I was like yeah I'm not doing that if you wanted something like that you should have hired someone else so from that point forward if we weren't shooting I was in like huge baggy pants oversized shirt no makeup like hair in a bun you know I was like nope (laughs) oh how awkward I know and uh because I, I don't deal with those kind of, you know, photographers anyway. And I was like, there's no way I would ever do that. Um, <laughs> so we finally get to the end of the, the trip and I fly back for him. So I'm flying back by myself and he's trying to get me to take back with me multiple checked bags of his. He's not flying back. He just wants me to take his luggage that I have no idea what's in it back with me through like customs and everything else. And I was like, no. <laughs> there's absolutely no way I'm taking your stuff back like you bring it back when you fly <laughs> yeah that's interesting I wonder why he couldn't just ship it I suppose I'm not sure I didn't ask too many questions at that point I was just happy I was going back home and <laughs> alive you know I just get super annoyed with photographers who expect that kind of stuff like if you wanted that kind of stuff you should be up front in the beginning because yeah. obviously there's girls out there who are more than happy to do that but you can't take me to a different country and spring it on me while I'm basically captive yeah yeah, (laughs) that would be really uncomfortable yeah but I got some cool self-portraits while I was there so it's fine that's good he's basically like sort of expecting that you are going to pretend to be his girlfriend Mm -hmm. or something yeah and I'm not you know I'm not an escort if he wanted an escort he could have had one like buy one of those yeah (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like there's an ongoing trend of that always happening where some photographers will hire a model and then a model that they know doesn't do certain things that are outside of their comfort zone and then try to get them to do that. Yeah, it's like they get off on pushing boundaries. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. (laughs) For anyone that's listening, that's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, sadly, I, I bet that the photographers that are doing that, they're probably not listening to this podcast or maybe they are <laughs> and it just goes in one ear and out the other they're like oh that story's not about me it's definitely not about me <laughs> <laughs> that must have been some other photographer that took her to dubai uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
I won't be getting a message. <laughs> yeah, awkward. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Did you say you had more than one? Because I'm open to hearing another one if you want. Well, I did get. I haven't shot with them yet. There was somebody in back when I was based in Arizona. There was a guy in Tucson. And I don't remember his name, unfortunately, because I'm sure lots of people would want to work with him after this story. And we were trying to set up a shoot. And before we even got to like dates and times and stuff, he was like, okay, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to offer you $30,000 just to have sex with me. (laughs) I was like, what? And that's what I was, I think this was like 2010 or 11. So I was still new. Whoa. And I mean, poor. I was, you know living off of the modeling and that's it so I was like $30,000 could buy me like a car that works you know (laughs) like I would be set you know so I actually talked to my parents about it (laughs) and my mom was like we trust you whatever you want to do you know and I ended up not doing it I told him you know I'm not comfortable with this I hope you find somebody that <laughs> fulfills your needs or whatever. I'm trying to Whoa. be like a professional about it, even though this is obviously just like I would handle it differently now. And so I didn't get the $30,000. And then afterwards, my stepdad was like, okay, give me his number. I'll suck his dick for $30,000. <laughs> 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 like, okay. Well, oh thanks for being proud of me for making the right decision, right? <laughs> what yeah so like thanks thanks parents (laughs) oh my god that's so funny I I, so I mean when I first started modeling I would sometimes get messages like that too not not that amount usually there is like between one and five thousand dollar offers maybe ten I don't remember all of them but but yeah I would get those offers and I would wonder like are they even serious or is this just a trap yeah, and I remember the there was some way he verified it or whatever. I don't remember now. It's been over ten years to the point where I was like taking it seriously. It wasn't like a obvious scam, I guess. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure he was like, and you can bring someone, you know, so that you feel safe or whatever. And it was like a whole thing because I was oh. I was seriously considering it for thirty thousand dollars. I was like, I have sex all the time. Like at least this time I'd get paid for it, right? Right. Yeah. Especially when you're like young and need money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, pe- people are, you know, some people are really lonely and they'll be willing to pay a lot of money. But it's it's interesting, though, because, you know, there's tons of like sex workers that would do it for like way, way, way less. So it makes you wonder, like, why you, you know? Yeah. I fall into a fetish just by existing as a redhead. So. Oh, uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> walking around as a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe they had a redhead fetish and like you were the one. That's usually the case. And the other times I've been approached for the like one to $10,000 range has all been because I'm a natural redhead. Hmm. Have you had any other like weird interactions with people because of your redheadedness? Or do you find that people have hired you specifically? For your red hair? Yeah, most of the people that hire me, I would say do it because I'm a natural redhead. I've had mostly a landing strip the whole time I've been modeling, so it's pretty apparent. There was a guy who forced me to shave it during, like, I showed up and I had the landing strip and he made me shave it because he said it would look like a dick in the photos. And I was like, I was, that was 2009. So I was, I was like crying (laughs) while shaving my landing strip. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of redhead lovers out there. He said it would look like a dick. Yeah, he said it would look like a penis if I had <laughs> any hair down there. So, and it sucks because I like like two of the photos that we had from that shoot. I was still new, but like, there's one of them where like I can see my area, and it's like I just look you know, like I'm nine years old because I have no hair down there, which is like, I'm totally fine. You do whatever you want with your own hair. But for me, seeing it bare because I never had it there, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of ruined the photos for me. That sucks. But yeah. Yeah. People that like try to control what you're doing with your pubic hair is another like hot button topic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I had a a guy email me once. We had a long conversation. He was blowing smoke up my ass. He's like, "Oh, you're so amazing! I've been following you. I love your underwater work. I love how you're open about your stretch marks, and you're such an amazing model. I love your posing." I'm like, "Okay, great. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for the little compliments." And he's like, "I'd love to hire you." somewhere in the middle of nowhere where I live for a two hour shoot. I'm like, okay, but you have to grow your pubes. And I'm like, oh, so all of that, like blowing smoke up my ass, telling me that I'm amazing, but it's kind of all deflated by the fact that you need me to grow my pubes out. And I was like, no, I'm not growing my pubes out for a two hour shoot. Yeah. I'm not traveling your city either. Yeah, it's just gross. <laughs> I've had lots of photographers be like, talk about my pubic mound and other gross things so yeah i don't miss working with the the gwcs yeah it's like it can be like a part of the picture but you don't have to like comment sexually about it it's just weird i'm gonna every single second of the rest of our three hour shoot thanks (laughs) yeah that sucks (laughs) dang and then when you're photographing, because now you're a lot more on the other side of the lens, like, do you have preferences for, like, you know, models like hair, pubic hair, tattoos, no tattoos? Uh, not a whole yeah. lot. I mean, the kind of preferences I have, like, I don't care about your pubic hair, do whatever you want down there for my photography. Armpit hair is harder for me to deal with, with the stuff that I shoot, but it's not like a deal breaker. It's just like a, I'll shoot a different style than I typically would. And then like, as far as the rest of your hair, I don't, it's whatever. I'll shoot bald to down to your ankles uh, for hair on your head. The the only like um, tattoo issues I have is when people have like portraits of people on them, because then like there's another set of eyes that people want to make eye contact with when you have a photo. But even that is not like, I won't shoot you because of that. I think like, I shoot Reed, Reed and Weep, Haley for like all the time. And she has a big portrait of a girl on her thigh, which shows up in, I would say, 80% of our photos. But, and I shoot her (laughs) a ton. So it's definitely not a deal breaker at all. Yeah, that's cool. Are there any Um, deal breakers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely um, a big one. I do not do well with bad attitudes, so... That's my big deal breaker. I have a hard time thinking that somebody might be having a bad attitude with you just because I feel like I know you so well and you seem pretty mellow and easy to work with. If you, yeah, I feel like that for like the people that do know me, I think especially throughout the past decade or so, I definitely got the, I've been told I have a reputation as a bitch, which, yeah, <laughs> which is fine honestly to me because it keeps a lot of the riffraff out you know people that I wouldn't really want to shoot anyway if they want and like people that know me like if someone actually checked a reference on me no one's going to say that I'm a bitch right (laughs) like if you're actually have worked with me so I'm not it's never super bothered me I think just because I don't I don't have like a huge online presence I don't interact with fans the same way others do I have a very like cut and dry don't put a lot of personal stuff online and I will say no to photographers so I think I got a lot of that reputation from like a photographer bringing out like a sexy devil costume for me to wear in like a hotel room and me being like nope I'm not doing that (laughs) or them telling me to (laughs) smile and I will be like nope I'm not a smiley model like (laughs) hire somebody else yeah I see that that topic coming out frequently here and there, too, where photographers ask a model to smile, and in that moment, they don't want to smile. It, it, it does feel like an awkward command. Yeah, you don't own me because you paid for three hours of my time. I'm not going to smile for you. If you were a decent human being and we got along together, you would make me smile naturally and be able to capture it, but I'm not going to fake smile for you. No, thank you. Yeah, and every time I see a fake smile photo, it is immediately apparent that it's a fake smile photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pained look behind the eyes where you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, get me out of here. Like, what time is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I understand why people like pictures of people smiling, but you can't force, like you said, you can't force it to happen because it's not real. Yeah. 
even if you're like, you know, going through a range of emotions as you're like posing for the camera or whatever, like the, all the emotions are feigned, you know, when you're, when you're posing, would you say that like, you know, you change your facial expression here and there. And a lot of it is you're acting, right? Yeah. I'm pretending when I'm the entire time I pose, I pretend I'm a dancer, you know, um, I'm pretending that I am a dancer and I'm afraid of the light or I love the light or I will love this tree or I want to be away from the tree like I'm pretending and like emoting these kind of emotions but and I have photos of me smiling naturally from photographers who have made me smile but that one's hard to fake (laughs) yeah yeah being told to look right into the camera and then smile at me like I'm your boyfriend Uh. or like the camera (laughs) that's like the cringiest thing that any photographer and I know that most of them aren't doing it from like like a nefarious like malicious but it's it's still it's still not it's still uncomfortable it's it, it almost makes me feel like this is an entertainment session for you not a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But, I mean, maybe that's just, like, my experience compound over time. Like, just assuming that a lot of people that are hiring traveling nude models are doing so because they want to be entertained and because they're lonely. Right. And they want those photos of you smiling at yeah, them. Yeah, like you're having the time of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, it it can be uncomfortable, but it's like, there's definitely a lot of times that I would do all of those dances, Mm -hmm. but it just got old after a while. Yeah, I think when most of us start out, we're a lot more open to playing the part, and then as you grow, you're like, no, I don't need to do this, and you're able to stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I I find that a lot of great photos come out of that too like when when a lot of your photos are just kind of like willy-nilly like I'm being the entertainer I'm gonna please you you know you're gonna sit in the same position and keep snapping the shutter button Mm -hmm. while I like bend over backwards and do all the best possible poses then it's like you you're trying really hard like we, we like tried so hard to be like the best when we started out but I feel like we don't even have to try that like you shouldn't have to try that hard to Mm -hmm. to create a good photo the photographer should work with you to make it all happen it should be a partnership yeah yeah in a perfect world (laughs) so to me for me by the way like when I first started touring modeling you were definitely one of the models that I looked up to because a lot of photographers talked about how amazing your posing was and how beautiful your skin is. And, you know, Shantia is the best traveling model like ever. Oh, goodness. And I eventually did. And I was so happy. But but there is this sense when you're posing for a lot of these photographers that hire traveling nude models that you have to like try to be as good as as the other models at posing so you try to learn all these different poses and come up with your own and and there's a lot that that I've seen other models do like when I see their poses that I'm just amazed I'm like wow they they come up with something that I could never have come up with but but there is a bit of a competition in in a in a friendly sense of like oh how how creative can I get like as the model yeah Did you feel that as you were traveling too? Oh, absolutely. That's part of the territory. And honestly, I, I wanted to be the best that I could be. And I could only be the best if I learned from the best. So I had, I, I tried to find people and models that I could learn from and photographers once I started photography, because I feel like that's the best way to learn is from other people that you admire. So. Um, obviously like (laughs) it sounds silly now, but like I used my whole social media used to just be all models of all levels and everything else and photographers. And I would constantly be comparing myself to that and looking at my photos, very unbiased to try to, even if it was a fantastic photo that I loved, I'd be like, what can I do better? What should I have done? Should I have had my pinky over here? 
I'd practice like the waterfall fingers and like being disgusted by what I picked up so that my hands are super pretty or, you know, I was, I was obsessed, I would say with trying to be the best. So that definitely came into play in my career. Yeah. Who are some of the models that you were looking up to like back then when you were doing that? When I first started, there was a model, she was based in the Southwest somewhere named Tia, which was funny because that's the last part of my name. Um, (laughs) And I haven't been able to find, she left the industry, I think shortly after I entered it. And then Ivory Flame, uh, who is in Europe, because she was like a redhead that I could obviously look up to and did more of the artistic style that I wanted for like the art that hangs in my house. And I actually got to work with her thanks to Randall Hobbit uh, a few years ago, which was like my bucket list item because I had looked up to her for so many years. Um, And you were honestly a huge inspiration with your posing, especially when you started doing all the yoga. (laughs) So it's just like, I, I try to be good about my 10, minutes of yoga daily to be stretchy because I want to be able to do handstands and cool poses and stuff but but that's that was you inspiring me and then like all the art stuff is usually like ivory flame and like I've had a few few top-notch models that I really enjoy watching their careers yeah same I've, I've definitely had like a good handful of inspirations that it's like pretty much almost all the ones that I looked up to that I went to go meet, I ended up really liking mm-hmm. almost everybody, not everybody, but like, most <laughs> <everybody>. <laughs> yeah. which is interesting because the perception of like modeling, like when I first got into it was that like America's next top model, like you were mentioning before, like it's all competitive and we we're trying to get to the top, which I mean, we kind of are, but in the end, it seems like a lot of us have kind of like become comrades Yeah, and I think a lot of that, like, when Patreon and OnlyFans and everything came out, we were able to take some of the power back towards us. I think that helped a a huge amount for us to not be so reliant on traveling nonstop and working with GWCs. They lost some of their power over us. So now instead of, like, competing constantly with each other, we're able to hold each other up and be more supportive. Hell yeah, and then photograph each other also. Yeah, when, and I love that part. <laughs> yeah. We need to set up another one of those, for real. Yes. Yeah. I have another question that I'd like to ask that I do ask everybody on the show. I call it the rising phoenix era of your life. Can you describe something, whether it's related to your modeling or, or not, that you were faced with a challenge that you had to overcome? I feel like, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. When I started photography, I was really hopeful. I was going to, it was going to like propel my career. And it was kind of a tough thing to learn that it was, for me at that time, the opposite of like, I'm going to have to get another job to support myself because I'm not getting the same amount of bookings where I could pull, you know, 4,000 Plus on a trip, I was now pulling, you know, 1200 and the same people that I, yeah. And I mean, I never went into a trip with hard costs. Like I always had the flight and the hotel paid for by a photography for, by a photographer for the trip. And so like, if nothing else, it was a free vacation. If I booked nothing else on top of that, I was still okay. I got experience and photos and whatever else, but I still needed to live when I was back home and pay rent and eat food. <laughs> yeah. So taking a hit substantially when I became pretty decent at photography and had to pivot um, pretty heavily into trying to find another source of income. And I mean, I, I am a classically trained chef. I went to Le Cordon Bleu. I have my associate's degree. So it's not like I was ever, you know, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do outside of modeling. It's just once I, once you get into a nine to five job or as a chef, a (laughs) 
noon to midnight job that is where you get no paid vacation. That pretty much limits your traveling modeling from that point on. Yeah. So that was a hard thing to have to come to terms with and to deal with. Um, but ultimately, I think it it's for the better. I love where I am now. I love that I started with modeling and built the relationships with traveling models as friends so that now that I am an established photographer, my friends who are amazing artists themselves want to work with me and come to where I am. So I feel ultimately that it was a good thing, but it was hard at the time. Yeah, I can imagine any of these like severe reductions in income that force you to change your life are hard. Sucks, but but I mean, it sucks in a good way, I guess, because you're more doing what you want. Yeah, it's it's all happened. I mean, things happen for a reason, right? (laughs) You make the best out of what you're dealt. And I think I did that with and I have freedom now in the job that I currently have working from home and you know, I get to travel still. So now I'm much better off to to do my photography and modeling. Sweet. That's awesome. What do you have any upcoming trips? Well, I leave Sunday to go to Santa Cruz. Oh, cool. <laughs> so uh, coming up real soon. And then immediately after that, I go to Houston. And then after that, I go to uh, Priest River, Idaho. Priest um, River, Idaho? What's there? My best friend from elementary school. So ah, cool. We'll go ride horses in the mountains and have some fun. Let's kick ass. And then Houston and Santa Cruz, is that photography related or? Uh, Santa Cruz is actually like a vacation. So Nate and I will travel up there. We'll do some photography. We'll probably see Jen Jones while we're there and hopefully go down to a couple of beaches, Big Sur, hang out in Monterey. And then she uh, sent a wonderful list of recommendations. So we're hoping that we'll be able to like see some cool trails and take some photos while we're out there. Houston is a work trip. I have to do a conference and it's awful there right now, weather-wise. Yeah. I'm not planning on doing photography while there, but I will in Idaho. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of cool, interesting, and different places. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be, I, I don't think I've ever been to actual Santa Cruz. I've been to San Francisco, but I don't think I ever went far south enough to go to Santa Cruz or Monterey. I went there once to visit Teresa when she was living there. Yeah, I saw Teresa while in San Fran. So. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And she's another amazing model who became an amazing photographer, like yourself. Yeah, and her photography like emulates film so beautifully. Um, and I know she does Polaroids and stuff too. But I love her style and her color grading and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome to see like my fellow friends like doing all this cool stuff and, and like, you know, getting published and getting good gigs and like diversifying their careers. I always wondered when I was like, you know, in my mid twenties, like, all right, we're all doing this like traveling modeling thing, but like, how long am I actually going to know these people for? Like, are we going to remain friends beyond modeling or keep in touch with each other at all because like I, ha- I have the sense that like oh modeling is it's it is in its core competitive and very superficial so I was like thinking to myself like how lasting are these relationships but I'm finding that like maintaining connection with you and like a handful of other people like you can be friends with people that you worked with through traveling modeling yeah i think we're all bonded in a way with our experiences um and i think your podcast really emulates that and shows it because we've all dealt with similar experiences and no one else really outside of our industry can really understand i like that this podcast gives people a peek into what we experienced and like a little window into our careers yeah. But you've been there. So like you and, you know, Floofy and Lilius and everybody has been in the positions that like I've been in. So it's super easy to have a real connection and friendship with these people. So in my song, I would hope. 
Yeah. And then people who haven't been doing freelance traveling, nude modeling, wouldn't have the same types of experiences that we can relate with each other about. Because mm-hmm. once you start talking about it, it's like, oh, we actually have all this weird stuff in common. Yeah. And a lot of it's bonding through trauma. So, you yeah. know, healthy. <laughs> yeah, true that. So with your other friendships, do you have like friends from, I mean, assuming you have friends from outside of modeling and like, how, how do they like engage with you with your creative photography? Have you ever had pushback from other friends or family when it comes to nude modeling or photography? I don't have a lot of friends outside of modeling. I have like a best friend who I met through being a chef and I've actually shot her so nice and then I've been attempting to make friends here in Utah it's been over two years I'm still struggling because they find out what I do they say they're okay with it and then they ghost me which sucks Mm, Um, um the only real pushback that I've had that's been like life altering is growing up my dad's and dad's side of the family and the woman that he married that he's no longer with, they they caused a lot of issues due to my modeling, uh, which were unfortunate. And my dad knows the error of his ways now, which is great. I actually was just in Kentucky last week visiting him. Um, but, I mean, there's been – it was nearly a decade of not talking to him from the wow. point – from, like, 2009 on um, – because of how they treated me and my mom. Um, I mean, they literally printed out photos that like GWCs had taken from, of me and brought them to court saying like that I was a whore and didn't need college support. What? It was was pretty horrendous to the point where I was not going to deal with it anymore. Uh, So are they like really religious or something? Like what the fuck? (laughs) Not necessarily growing up they were more religious than like my mom's side. But I mean, my mom, my mom was an exotic dancer. Like when, so like my dad was fine with it. (laughs) So I don't really, it's the woman that he married is unfortunately just a horrible, horrible person. And she hated me because I was my mom's daughter. Yeah. So, anything because my mom was you know someone that my dad truly loved and he didn't truly love that woman she just baby trapped him so it's just just a bad situation all around and my dad worked really hard so he wasn't home a lot when I got to visit and there was a lot of abuse and, and other bad things but I don't think those things define you yeah damn that's rough yeah but everybody else has been pretty cool about it, except for the ladies here in Utah who ghost me. Right. And they send me a breakup message. <laughs> <laughs> do, do they refer to your, like, modeling or photography when they when they give you the breakup message? Or? Oh, no. They, they, literally, they literally stop responding to my text messages. They literally, like, just ghost into nothingness. <laughs> that sucks. And you think it's because they looked you up online and they saw stuff they didn't like or something? Yeah, I'm very open about what I do here because I don't want to start to build a friendship with people who are going to do that. Yeah. And I'm lucky right now I found somebody who is awesome and seems like she will be a good friend here. But, like, I spent, like, four months hanging out with this girl and she knew what I did and said she was fine with it. And she spent my birthday with me. But, like, we went back to my house where I have art hanging and she had her husband with her and I think that like freaked her out was that like I have nude art hanging in my house and it wasn't even me the stuff that they saw it was of Vivian Cove that Nate had taken (laughs) and like there's a butt there's not even like boobs or bush or anything but I think it freaked her out and she's just like from that point forward she was just gone (laughs) so Damn. I think it's just too much. Even people who have like left the Mormon church here are still like so ingrained because they grew up that way that like seeing it is like just too much for them. Damn. (laughs) 
<laughs> they, I've, I've mentioned this before in my podcast, but I feel like to be offended by nudity is so foreign to like my lifestyle and people in my life that when I hear about stuff like that, I'm just like, oh my God, how, how rude, <laughs> you know, or how mean. Yeah. I forget that there's people that are like really shamed and there's their life is still ruled by that shame, even though it seemed like you guys have been hanging out for months and she seemed okay with what you did. I guess seeing, seeing a photo and having a visceral reaction to it, I guess is a whole different experience. Yeah. I don't think she was prepared for having to face it face to face. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like you were keeping your photography a secret. Like, she's seen your instagram and stuff i believe she had at that point i mean there's obviously there's no nipples and stuff on instagram but you can definitely see the style of what i shoot there but it's not like she followed me on instagram and saw every post so i'm not really sure the extent of what she knew but i mean the stuff that we have hanging in the house is very classy art nudes yeah like the stuff you'd see in galleries so like, and I'm not, I'm not the person that's going to be taking down photos off my wall to placate somebody else. That is, this is my home. I'm going to have my art in it. So yeah, that's, unfortunately, that's just what it is. If you don't want to come to my home, that's fine. But yeah, I, it's rough. <laughs> I do have a few nude arts hanging up in my RV and mm-hmm. Only when I've invited my dad over have I considered, like, taking down the calendar off the wall or whatever. But then it makes me feel right. like he's coming to my place, but it's my dad, so. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, Nate and I had that conversation, too, because his dad is very Mormon. Oh. Um, so, uh, there were, the, I think the first time we had him over, he did end up taking that down. But this last time that he had him over, which was probably, like, a month ago, he kept it up. and. I was super proud of him because I was like, there's nothing to be ashamed of here. So, and his dad was pretty cool about it. Cool. That's positive. Yeah. That's always good to hear because you're worried about, you know, getting shunned. And sadly, it does seem to be, I guess, in your dad's new wife's case, a jealousy issue. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of cases, it's, also a religious issue so why hate on the bodies that we like all have I don't know like yeah like you said it's so alien to me I mean I spend so much time naked and around other naked people so to me it's like (laughs) devil worship worship. harlots yeah I don't know I think people's (laughs) minds just go to the worst possible option, like perhaps, oh, she's luring other men in and they must have a nefarious relationship and everything has got to be from this like evil angle somehow or Satan right. has a grip on her or I don't even know. Like, <laughs> you know, I used to go to church, so I got the indoctrination of all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like, you're you're being controlled by the devil or whatever if you're into lustful activity, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I've had those people, though, this religious lady say in the same sentence how much of like a harlot, lustful, demon-worshipping person I am and then say how much I look like a teenage boy with my flat chest. And I'm like, okay, which well, <laughs> which one do you want to go with? so I can respond correctly. <laughs> That's really odd. And that was somebody in Salt Lake City that you had to interact with? like. No, that was a comment on, I think it was Facebook back in the day. Oh, jeez. Like, it was an implied photo. And I mean, I was also, this one Corwin Prescott shot of me, and I was like hunched over and bending and my like arm had made it implied. So like I had more boob than normal because my boobs were gravity was taking, you know, my boobs down. So I was like, Oh, I have the most boob here than I think any of my other shots. (laughs) But Still flat chested teenage boy. Dang. Well, I hope that Salt Lake city loosens up a little bit on their 
Mormon stuff too, but you know, like I hadn't really thought of like it really affecting interactions and business down there, but I guess it does more than other cities. Like, because it's rough coming, not having grown up Mormon or really living here ever before this or even visiting it's it is rough i like i like to shoot and the church controlling every part of this state is just nuts to me yeah well i mean you you gotta fight the good fight with your art and keep on keeping on right (laughs) yeah that's the plan (laughs) i'm gonna fly all you guys in and bring you know the devil here Yes, we'll have our naked nipple devil worshiping party together. <laughs> Absolutely, you can go up into the mountains and do a little ritual. <laughs> all, all the the religious GWCs listening to my podcast are going to stop listening to it now. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm sorry if I caused you to lose any viewerships. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I'm I'm sure it's kind of fu- weird, and I'll let you go here in a minute. But kind of funny that, like, on the flip side. I know that I've posed for a lot of photographers who've told me that they're Christian and they mm-hmm. also say, oh, but I, I, I justify my nude photography because God created the human body in my beliefs. And I think that photographing it is celebrating it. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I can get on that bandwagon without being religious, I suppose. But then at the same indoctrination is the opposite for other people. They're like, well, I'm a Christian and I think our bodies are nasty and we shouldn't look at them. So. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting hoops that everyone jumps through. Yeah, people just kind of twisting the narrative to fit their, what they want it to fit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Shantia, thanks so much for taking the time to do this podcast episode with me. I think that we had a super great time going through it yeah i had a great time thank you for inviting me yeah and i'll i'll catch up with you again because i i think it would be great to set something up i know i was trying to set something up in florida but i don't i don't know if that's coming to fruition or not (laughs) yeah maybe we i don't know if we need to have like a smaller group just like plan it and make it happen and then the rest can just join (laughs) yeah yeah good point cool let's do something I need to get out of the house a little bit more too. (laughs) Awesome. I'd love that. I'll leave a link to your Instagram and your website in the show notes description so people can check you out. And otherwise, it's been a great call and I'll let you go now. Okay. Have a great day. Bye.